0: Hello and welcome back to Southern Fried E-Commerce, episode 39. I am Jerry Brinberry. I am the COO of EY Studios. With me today, as always, I have my exceptional co-host, Emily Faulkner. Emily, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I am doing just wonderful.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is our second try. The first time you told me that you're doing just exceptional. Within, within uh, what, a minute and a half, you, you've gone from exceptional to just wonderful?
1: Oh yeah, I'm two coffees in, so really my mood's just fluctuating like a like a little rocket.
0: All over the place, (laughs) all over the place. Well, you know, this is we're doing this a little bit later today. Generally, we do this uh, at ten ten thirty EST. Eastern Standard Time for folks that don't know what EST means. And if you don't know (laughs) what EST means, then this might be a complex podcast for you here. Uh, But today, we're doing it right around 12, 15, 12, 20. So we got got a little bit more energy. I haven't ate lunch yet. And so I'm really going to, at some point, you might might hear a noticeable dip in my energy because I don't have much (laughs) food fueling me. But we're going to make it through it, Emily. We're going to make it through it.
1: We can do this. We can do anything.
0: Hey, Emily. Do you know that today we have a guest on the podcast? I know I've been teasing and I've been talking about it, but today (laughs) we have a guest on this podcast.
1: Is that why there's another name in here?
0: Yeah, I know. I wanted to surprise you uh, with (sighs) this. And so uh, I've just told our guest, be quiet until I say something. And uh, (laughs) I'm I'm about ready to say something about it, but not yet. Not yet. Before we do, Emily. How's your week been? my
1: week's been pretty good we just finished having a all hands leadership meeting which i mm-hmm. thought was pretty productive mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. really enjoyed that but well it's been a good week no major fires knock yeah. on
0: short week short weeks are always long weeks to me right because you're trying to fit in oh, yeah. uh, 5 days of work into 4 days or you feel like you're really behind um and then you know when I try to when, when when Friday hits when it's time for me to clock out on Friday I just forget the week and so next week I'm totally lost because I'm like what happened the week before like, I don't know I forgot I, I I'm like uh, have you watched the show Severance yet?
1: No, I've never even heard of it. What
0: uh, on Apple TV with?
1: Uh, oh, I I don't have Apple TV. It's the one of the only ones I don't have.
0: It's a great show, but it's uh, I won't go too deep into it. It's about a, it's about a uh, a company and. Literally, it's, you, you sever parts of your brain. So when you're at work, you, you're you a work self and you're a not work self. And when you're at oh. work, you go through this elevator, scan something, and and you only have memories from work. When you leave work, you scan something. You only have memories of your outside life. And so, like, they'll be leaving work and then it'll kind of blackout. Then it'll go back and it's right back at work the next day. So, so. You know, you don't really know what's going on in your outside world. Your outside world doesn't really know about your work. It's, it's an interesting show. Uh, and that's how I do from week to week. I just scan in, scan out.
1: Honestly, I kind of secretly love that idea. Because, yeah. gosh, I would be so much more productive not thinking about all the little intricacies of my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, not if you watch the show. It's pretty dystopian. Is it very,
1: like, Black Mirror? <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know the premise of Black Mirror. I've never watched it. Uh, it kind of listen, sort of
1: yes, so. if you want to see the downfall of society, Black Mirror is the show for you.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: if you love The Dread, that is the show for you.
0: No, I don't. I do not love The Dread, whatever that is. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. Maybe I'll just go ahead and introduce our guest today, Emily. So, uh, <laughs> I now as I've been good. saying, we we got a special guest on the show today. Uh, she is from Big Commerce, one of our platform partners. I think she's probably the third guest that we've had from Big Commerce. I just I'm gonna have to make a pitch. Uh, to Big Commerce, to have this be the big Com- uh, Southern Fried e commerce uh, sponsored by Big Commerce. Southern, e-commerce, Southern Fried e commerce sponsored by Big Commerce with Jay <laughs> and Emily Faulkner, and a special Big Commerce guest each and every week. That's not too much to say, is it?
1: No, no. I, I, I think it could actually be a little wordier. Yeah. I think we okay. could add
0: more. I always love more words. I love hearing myself <laughs> talk, but, uh, but with us today, we have Shelly. Kill Patrick? Shelly, did I get that right? Kill Patrick, right? Kill Patrick.
2: You did. Very impressive. Very impressive. Thank you.
0: Not that it's a crazy last name. I just, I forget last names a lot of times. I'll get in the middle of introducing somebody and be like, oh, I forgot that last name. But I got this one right.
2: You did. Lots of people get it wrong, so I, I understand.
0: Okay. A lot of people get Kill Patrick wrong?
2: Oh, yeah. I get Kirk Patrick all the time. Like, literally yesterday, <laughs> uh, somebody sent me... um. Like a screenshot of an email they were going to send, and it had Kirkpatrick in it. And I was like, we're in Slack. You can see what my last name is. I've worked here for two years. We've worked together. How? What is happening? So, yeah, no. It happens all the time.
0: I'd say, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. Ma'am. madam madam, I mean, one. as soon
2: as somebody leaves the E, the second E out of my first name, mm-hmm. that's when they're dead to me.
0: Oh, ah. Okay. We all have that. We all have that point where somebody becomes dead to them. And for you, it's when they leave the E out of your name. Absolutely. I get it. I get it. Well, Shelly, uh, you were with Big Commerce. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what your role is with Big Commerce? What do you do within the larger organization over there?
2: Yeah, so I'm uh, on our very large marketing team. Uh, specifically, I am a content marketing manager, so I manage a small team within our larger content team within our large marketing team. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I do is create content. Uh, you and I worked together on that uh, webinar for NASDAQ talking about B2B. So now I'm here to talk about another project I'm working on.
0: Oh yeah, a special project. That's what we're all here for. So uh, we don't want to dive right into it yet, but just to give a little bit of a teaser, what what, what is the name of this uh, of this report of this big project? It's beautiful project. It's great. It's a uh, really cool uh, paper that you did. But what are we going to be diving into today?
2: Yeah. So and um, I wish we were diving in to talk about TV because I have thoughts on Severance, thoughts on Black Mirror. Ah. <laughs> Severance is amazing, Emily. You must watch. You must get it. Apple TV. Severance, and then also Ted Lasso is on Apple TV. I have so. watched a
1: little Ted Lasso. I, I really enjoy it. Um, we watched it at my boyfriend's mother's house, and I told him on the drive home, I was like, maybe we should get Apple TV. It's Just like, haven't yeah, yeah, taken that. A month, Emily,
0: you can splurge exactly. Dollars a
1: month. Ugh, can I get a five dollar raise? Uh, yeah,
0: that could be. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, you can, Emily, as long as Woo! that is. Uh, all you asked for
1: oh well well.
0: consider that granted
1: (laughs) bless you jay bless you
2: but actually back to what i'm here to talk about sorry to (laughs) rain on everybody's parade
0: this is what we do shelly this is what we do you're gonna learn quickly this is what we do (laughs)
2: I mean, now we're all a team because we're combining into one large podcast of Ey Studios, Big Commerce. You know, <laughs> this is the new dynamic. Uh, but what I'm actually here to talk about is a report that Big Commerce um, worked on with the help of Google. Uh, it's our Global Consumer Report: Current and Future Shopping Trends. So we surveyed over 4,000 consumers across the U.S., UK, Australia, France, and Italy to understand. How people feel about uh, the latest shopping trends, how often they're shopping, all kinds of like good, good nuggets about consumer behavior to help our merchants and even those who aren't our merchants but should be our merchants uh, better understand consumers and have more success with e-commerce.
0: Now, when you say with the help of Google, do you mean that you went to the search engine and you put, uh, "Hey, Google, help me understand <laughs> consumers"? or did Google I mean a little actually bit help you
2: A little bit of both, but uh, no, actually um, Google is one of our partners at big commerce. so uh, we actually did partner with them. They contributed um, search and other data to the report as well. They, they didn't like conduct the survey with us, but they contributed additional data and search trends mm-hmm. to help us really build a comprehensive report.
0: That's all. Wouldn't it be awesome if you went to Google and you were like, "Hey, Google, we're partners. I'd love to partner up on this uh, on this paper with you guys." Is this something that you'd be interested in? And they were like, "Yeah, sure. Here, let me direct you to this website: www.google.com. <laughs> Ask it anything you want to." And I'll get <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm sure they do that to a lot of people, but Big Commerce is special. So they help us.
0: That is true. That is true. Tell us a little bit about Big Commerce. So we know about the paper. Uh, I think that most of our listeners probably know tangentially what Big Commerce is, at the very least, tangentially, hopefully a little bit more in depth. Uh, but tell us a little bit about Big Commerce, about the company. What do you guys specialize in?
2: Yeah, BigCommerce is an e-commerce platform. Um, We specialize in, uh, if you might have heard of this, open SaaS. So our philosophy is to make our platform as open as possible through APIs so that merchants have the ability to customize as they need. Um, But really, we Are the core e commerce platform. And so we also partner with the best technology and agency partners so that merchants can find the right solution for their needs. So we're not going to box you into anything. You can kind of select what works for you if you have a different payment provider you want to use, you have a different personalization tool, all kinds of things. We have so many good partners. I think I'm talking about partners because we just did Partner Summit in America um, last week, and the Partner Summit in APAC, I think, is happening this week, and then next week is our EMEA Partner Summit, so, you know, we love our partners. We're, like I said, an e-commerce platform open, but also we're still SaaS, so we, it's really easy to... Get your site up and running, whether you're small business, mid-market, enterprise. We serve all kinds of merchants, so we make it easy, but we also give you the flexibility to customize as you need to.
0: Awesome. Now, when you say best agency partners, what's the first agency that comes to your mind?
2: I mean, EY Studios. Oh, here we there, there we go. There well.
0: we go. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> we're on the same page there. Um no, you guys, as as our listeners will know, you guys are great. Y'all really do have a great ecosystem, and um, I mean, Emily and I were talking about it uh, last week. Uh, agency partnerships—it's it, it is crazy in this little industry of ours. How you make friends throughout there? There certainly—I mean, there are some agencies uh, that. I just really, really, I mean, there's a lot of agencies, but some that I really, really, really enjoy working with, love meeting every time, just just talking. This is such a big industry. Uh, there's so much work. There's so many merchants. There's so many different areas of work in e-commerce that, um, you know, it, it's it's there's enough for everybody. And it's very important being on a platform that has a large ecosystem. I, you know, a lot of folks I talk to uh, can work on a boutique, uh, platform. Maybe there's only three or four, maybe ten merchants that are on this platform that's been created. That's a dangerous area to be in when you're all and everything is just in one one platform. Heck, you know, um, it's for me. Even with a platform like, and I'm, I'll say it like a, like a Shopify. I think Shopify is a good platform, but I think it's. A little bit, uh, it's a little bit, you know, when there's just so much wrapped into that where there's not too much of a power of choice But say like a payment processor or maybe you get penalized because you're not using something like that. You know, it, it's... The more open, the better. And I get companies all wanting to grab after that money. I get it. And even if they're good solutions, they're good solutions. I think that are definitely good solutions that Shopify has come out with on their side. But as a whole, I think that the power of choice is very important. I love that you guys with the open SaaS and the open, um, you know, just the openness of the platform that really there's so many different paths that somebody can take uh, within the big commerce platform. E- even, you know, when you talk about headless, even the utilization of the platform itself, uh, it- there's so many different paths. It- it's awesome. Just kind of what you guys have fostered and created over there um, on your all side of things. And so we've, we've enjoyed seeing that grow.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you. We, we appreciate that. I mean, another thing, I think that sets big commerce apart that I should have like probably led with is our people. Um, you know, as an employee, uh, we have a great group of people. Like I love working with my team, but also from our merchants, that's what we hear probably most often is, um, how great like our ninjas, our CSMs, our sales team, like just what a great support system we have and our people and, um, that really makes a a big difference and it's why I like working here.
1: Honestly, I a hundred percent agree with you because starting at UI studios, I didn't really know a lot about big commerce. And honestly, one of the reasons that I really learned a lot is from the people like The customer service people that I speak to are some of the nicest, most educated people that I've worked with. And like, you know, people in customer service when you're like, I just don't understand what the issue is. And you're just kind of like in this back and forth frustration. They... It's so nice to just talk to somebody that just really helps you find that answer, and then like educates you, and you can move on with that knowledge and just continue to grow. Like I love that kind of stuff. And also, just on a personal note, just meeting different people from big commerce, like you guys are just so nice. Like it's so nice to work with people that are nice.
2: <laughs> it's that southernness. Honestly, <laughs>
1: that's
2: why we're on the uh, Southern Fried podcast.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, uh, I uh, just do know everything that's being said. We I've worked with big commerce since 2014, always a great time uh, working with you guys. Y'all really do have some of the best in the industry and a lot of folks. Uh, e-commerce is such an insular in, industry as well. It's uh, amazing. Uh, you guys go out there and get the best that, that are knowledgeable right from the get as well. And so, um, yeah, you guys do great work over there. Um, any any last words on BigCommerce before we dive into a little bit about you, and then we'll dive into the report? Um,
2: no, I think we're just excited to share this data with everyone.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's start out. I got I got some questions for you. I want the, the before we dive into this report, uh, I want the uh, listeners to to learn a little bit about you, Shelly. So my first question for you is what. Business jargon. What 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 business jargon is overused or really just kind of grinds on you when you hear it in an, or when you read it in an email or hear it on a conference call? What what business jargon are you like? This I can do without this phrase, this word, whatever it might be.
2: Oh man, i might <laughs> get myself in trouble. Um, there was somebody who said uh, we need to bubble this up. As if, like, I don't know, put it up the food chain. I mean, that one is also terrible. Circle back. Hate that one. Oh, we should circle back on this. Like, what? Um, Yeah, those are the ones that I feel like drive me crazy. Although I'm totally guilty of saying them sometimes. Like, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But that one. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. I, I have heard of that one. I can understand that one for sure. Um, do you like the word synergy? Do you like synergy?
2: Oh yeah, no, that one's terrible. I worked, um, (laughs) one of my first marketing jobs, um, the office I was in had like a poster that said
1: that. And every day I was just like, I hate this word so much. Can we, Jay, get little synergy posters and just send them to all our employees? Like, listen, mm-hmm. we want you guys to really boost up your your work from home offices. We just really feel like this is going to boost your morale.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can. Uh, Good work, them, Emma.
1: <laughs> I will, along with my $5 raise. Thank you yeah, so much.
0: Sure. <laughs> That's what you have to do for the $5 raise. fact. <laughs> Now it's five dollars a month, Emily. Let's not shortchange. It's a sixty dollar raise. It's five dollars.
1: Ooh, I'm really making the big bucks this year.
0: There we go. Um, let's see here. Are you a gamer, Shelley? Do you do you, do you game at all?
2: Um, I do not. My husband plays um StarCraft. That's okay. his game. He likes more PC games. He doesn't game as much as he used to. But um, no, unfortunately, I am not. I you mean, know, I played I- Mario when I was a kid.
0: Out of everything I've learned from this podcast, it's I think the most surprising thing to me, Emily, is how little people in this in- industry uh, are really gamers. Nobody's a gamer.
1: I know. It's so crazy. That's yeah, like I mean, my personality.
0: personality. <laughs> I'm out. Everybody asks that question. I'm expecting to have a nice little conversation about gaming. They're like, no, I don't play games.
1: Okay.
0: I watch too much TV. You're- I
1: respect <laughs> that. I really do. And that's like the thing I do the least now. So, I get that. You know, we all have to pick the thing we like the
0: most. Benjamin. Um, so okay. So, <laughs> let's see here. Have are you a reader? Do you, do you do you do you read a good bit or no?
2: Um, not so much. I feel like I did when I was a kid, but then I don't know, I go through spurts. I also mm. read not to, I don't know if this sounds like a weird humble brag, but like I read really fast because mm-hmm. if I get into something then I just like power through oh, so jealous. like um like I can finish a book in like you know a day or a weekend sure. so then it becomes like a really expensive hobby because <laughs> um I I like consume books so quickly. So then it's like, okay, it's like $10 a book. I'm like, I can't afford this. But I know you'll say like, why can't you just go to the library? Duh. Um, Unfortunately, I also have a bad habit of not being able to return um, (laughs) books. So I did try to get a library card. I mean, I got one. I went there. I checked out a book. I don't think I returned it for like months. Finally returned it and was like, well, I can clearly never return here again.
0: Ah, uh, the old uh, too late. Embarrassed because I'm an adult. I'm not I'm not a child anymore. I, was, I should. Have, I knew I needed to do this. I just didn't do it.
2: Oh yeah, I worked. So when I was in college, I worked at Blockbuster, Ooh. and so you know I could check out as many movies as I wanted. You know, all the time. I had late fees, and I worked there. Yes.
1: <laughs> That's uh, like, impressive. Yeah, I, I love that
2: so yeah that's my history with
0: that (laughs) i remember when uh blockbuster when i got word it was going to close down i went and rented some things knowing i was never going to take them back because it was no longer going to be there (laughs) so sorry blockbuster i'm sure i'm sure a lot of people did that
1: i have a stack of blockbuster discs that i just went and we just rummaged through them we picked them out we were like see you guys and they closed Mm -hmm. like the next week Oh, Ooh. that's awesome! I miss
0: Spotless. What a good company. Me too. I mean, not a not a very well ran company, but a good company uh, to to be a teenager, college kid, kid, and go to on a Friday night. I miss those days.
2: Oh yeah, good stuff. Except for when the one movie you wanted was the same movie everyone wanted, so you'd get there and you'd be like, "Oh, they don't have it. I have to wait." Uh.
0: Oh, I hear you. Oh, look at me. I just broke my own rule of having my uh, Oh my gosh, you're so
1: popular. Questions.
0: I know, I know. Um, uh, last question, last question. Have you ever watched the movie Willow?
2: I've seen bits and pieces of it, like on TV when I was younger, but I have not sat down to watch the movie Willow.
1: Same. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Oh. okay. I'm okay with that. It's a piece, Jay.
0: No, no, no. You guys are going to miss out when the new Willow comes out on Disney Plus and everybody's talking about it, and y'all won't know what's being talked about. It's just
1: you. It's just Jay talking
2: about Willow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Starting the revolution. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Lead the charge.
0: All right. Well, y'all are missing out so. Um, all right. Well, I think that's, that's it. I mean, really, it kind of culminates with a willow question. And I decide if I want this conversation to go on any longer or if I'm ready for an abrupt end. And so, guys, thank you so much for listening to Southern Friday Commerce today. It's been an excellent show. Shelly, thank you for being on here. Uh, we will link this report to everybody so they can read it. Y'all have a great day. Bye. <laughs> now we're it's right, over. Yeah, <laughs> Well,
2: I mean, technically, your part of leading the conversation is over.
0: Because- oh, that's a good that's a good segue. But before we do that, really quick, let me let everybody know that you have stumbled upon Southern Friday Commerce. We do this every single Friday. I generally post up maybe later in the day on Friday, but generally on Mondays we're promoting this thing. Generally, nine times out of ten, maybe 99 times out of 100, uh, this podcast is dedicated to going through uh, different articles, different different publications talking about what's trending in e-commerce each and every week. We're still going to be talking about what's trending in e-commerce. Matter of fact, we're going to do a different deeper dive into what's trending in e-commerce this week, but we are going to focus in on one report, and that's the report that Shelly is here to talk to us about. In just a second, we're going to pass it over to her. She's going to play the role of host today, with me and Emily being the guest. We're going to talk about that. She's going to ask us questions. Luckily, we've discussed uh, a good many of these things uh, on some prior podcasts, so we can put a nice little bow On all of this, this really is a good report. We will have this report linked on our uh, on our social media. We'll have it linked in the podcast description. You will be able to find this report once this is all said and done. And I encourage anybody and everybody download this report. If you're last week we had or two weeks ago we had a question about uh, if you're new and you should you get into e commerce if you've never done this before should you get into e commerce I would say read this report so that you know. Uh, current current and future shopping trends. And think to yourself, can I wrap all this stuff around into an e-commerce, a viable e-commerce business? Of course, you can shortchange some of it if you're just kind of nickel and dime. But if you want your e-commerce business to be a... Real deal, firing all cylinders business. This is a report to read so that you can get in front of your competitors as you're thinking about the growth of your business. I did a little tangent there, but that's all true. It's all real. We're all going to be talking about. But again, you can follow us. You can like, you can share, you can do all the things. Make sure you click that like button. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your papa. uh, Tell them all about Southern Friday Commerce uh, and, and what we do here every single week. Hopefully you enjoy it. As I say, leave a comment if you enjoy it. Email me personally if you don't enjoy it, but not really because then you'll just hurt my feelings. Um, just keep it to yourself if you don't enjoy it. Just joking again. Do whatever you want to do there. But um, yeah, no. Uh, thank you for joining us. And with that, we're gonna dive into this, Shelly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand it all over to you. Uh, we haven't practiced this as we never do. This is a very rough podcast, so I'm hoping, I'm sure it's gonna go. Uh, well, the transition, I know that you're going to do great because I've, I've done some of this stuff with you, as you mentioned on the webinar, but um, but uh, yeah, I'm handing it over to you and you begin.
2: All right. Welcome to uh, Southern Friday Commerce. I'll be your host right now, Shelley Kilpatrick. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, Jay and Emily. <laughs> well, <laughs> Glad to have you you're here. <laughs> you're doing great. Thanks. Um, okay, so normally the format of the podcast, as we know, is uh, Jay reads an article and then he and Emily talk about it and have a fantastic discussion, you know, different topics, different articles. Today we're going to do something, like Jay said, a little bit different. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we did at Commerce a study on consumer trends across the globe. We surveyed Over 4,000 consumers to understand behavior, trends, all the things, you know, metaverse, NFTs, crypto, sustainability, etc. So many things. So I thought I would ask Jay and Emily what they think about the data. So starting at the beginning of the report, let's dive in and talk about the frequency of consumer shopping. So we found that uh, over half of consumers shop online at least once a week. We also found that 7% shop every day mm-hmm. and that what they're buying is fashion, electronics, um, groceries, entertainment, all of those things. So I want y'all to talk to me about that. What do you think? Is that in line with what you've seen, what you're reading about? Tell me.
0: So, you know, I think I'm going to hop in, Ellen, and then I'll pass it over to you. Uh, you know, I, like I it. think it's good. Data, what I would like to, dive. I mean, you know, what I am interested in when I look at this, because I think this also like, like in my household, I am probably a once a month shopper online, right? Um, I I get on there once a month, maybe Amazon, you know, Vinyl Me Please uh, records is a big one. I I, I, uh, shop for uh, maybe a couple of other things here or there, but really for me, once a month. Now, my wife, I do it once a month. I still have Amazon packages, UPS packages, uh, you know, FedEx, delivered to my door three times a week, without a doubt. So my wife is a, I would say a two to three times per week uh, person, maybe four to six times depending upon the week, obviously holidays coming up. um, So it'll be, it'll probably ramp up a little bit there. But my wife is the main shopper there, so I'm I'm also interested. I understand it's not on here, but just kind of the breakout as well, as in like male, female, um, all that all that good stuff. But for me, I, I am more in the latter half, the once a month type type uh, shopper, uh, where my wife does all the shopping uh, throughout throughout the week, throughout the month at my household. I think one of the things that really stood out to me is is the growth in groceries that I see I think fashion so the top items consumers purchased online we had fashion and apparel at eighty percent, electronics at fifty six percent entertainment and media at at fifty five percent. so I guess I'd ask you, Shelly, is that like uh maybe renting a movie online or or what exactly is, is it just encompassing everything?
2: yeah, I mean uh entertainment so like you know if you're buying movies or if you're buying music Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. gaming you know that kind of stuff just sort of like any kind of entertainment media books
0: personal care products groceries uh, personal care at 47 groceries at 45 home and home improvement at 44 i think groceries has grown a lot right emily i don't know if i've asked you this before shelly i'll ask you this Uh, do you guys buy your groceries online a good bit
1: i actually do Uh Um, so this is something that I've been doing a little more and more over the past, maybe year, year and a half. It's definitely like a post pandemic thing that I've been doing is I, and I think I've brought this up on the podcast a few times. I just, I've been kind of going out less and less. And like, I like the convenience of being able to purchase my groceries, to be fair, and it might be the location that I'm shopping at or something. the, The produce that I'm getting is not really on par with what I would personally be shopping for. It might be really what's just in the store. Um, But that's a whole other conversation. But, like, I really enjoy the convenience of buying groceries online and the ability to say, like, frequently bought grocery items. So, like, if I'm caught, like, Zach makes uh, sandwich wraps for lunch every day for school. And so it's super convenient for me to select like, oh, he needs more ham. He needs more wraps. Here we go. Um, It'll get delivered to me while I'm working. Sometimes I can get it delivered by lunchtime and I have a pub sub for my lunch day and I get super excited about that. So like small things were like, I don't have to leave the house. I'm still in my jammies. Mm
0: And I would imagine something like that would probably factor into the once a week, two to three times a week. Like If you're doing groceries, well, then obviously yep. most people have to order that one time a week, right?
1: Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So really, like for me, I have to hold in for like to be a once a week shopper. because, And I think this actually gets touched on in um, the report is like people are being uh, inundated with multiple digital touch points before they start making these purchases and really that's what happens to me on almost a daily basis is i have to hold back from making purchases because i'm constantly being inundated with things like it's halloween season so i'm i'm a spooky girl i love everything that's been popping up on my feed every ad i want to buy it and i'm like oh okay. skeleton sweater I need it. But I have to just keep telling myself, like, I don't need this. This isn't that important. I need to be saving money to buy a house, you fool. And so looking at this, a lot of the information in here, I really agree with. Um, I just, I know if I had unlimited money, I would be just the same metrics as everyone else. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shella, do you buy garches online?
1: Um okay so I was actually
2: I hate grocery shopping. I love cooking, hate grocery shopping. Um so when Instacart first launched in Austin, which was like years before uh the pandemic, uh I was like, oh, Instacart, that sounds like the most amazing thing in the entire world. So I was like an early adopter of <laughs> Instacart. And then when the pandemic hit, um, so our local grocery store here in um, Texas is called H-E-B. So H-E-B really ramped up their curbside and their delivery. And I freaking love H-E-B. It's like the best grocery store of all time. I'm sorry <laughs> to any other grocery store, but it's a fact. Um so now I do curbside because my husband will actually go and pick it up. Um, so, yeah, I've uh, been ordering groceries like this whole time through the pandemic, before the pandemic. And literally, I think it was like two weeks ago, um, I had forgotten to get groceries. And we were like, oh, my God, we're totally out of everything. And I was like, I think we actually have to go to the grocery store. And I realized I thought about it and I was like, I don't think I've stepped foot in a grocery store for an entire year. Like I don't think I've walked inside yeah. of one. Oh. Yeah, I forgot so, where all the
1: stuff was. Like I was like, oh wait, where's the bread? Is it on the left or the right?
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm definitely that person buying groceries and uh, skincare and um, all kind like the personal care, the fashion. Like I don't go. I don't know what a mall is.
0: So you're probably so uh, every day. People shall four to <laughs> six weeks
2: Yeah. But also, like Emily, trying not to uh, spend all my money on Halloween stuff, but that'll be
1: coming um, soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh
0: i have done the groceries thing online uh on, Kro- on kroger and i just um i can't i don't like people I like when i go to the grocery store i like filling the produce i like i like seeing what you know I like, I like have an equation in my mind when it comes to the meat you know it's x amount per pound of meat or whatnot and i know exactly where my price point is so I can go 1.25 pounds of beef if it's right underneath, but I will go 1.15 of beef if I can't hit that price. I do all these, <laughs> these just. It's grocery shopping for me is an experience. It is a, uh, it's just something that can't be replicated online. So you.
1: I, <laughs> You're that guy that like, you're trying to buy some apples and you're the guy that's feeling every single apple. And I'm like, listen, dude, put them in the bag.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm I'm just trying to get out of here. Don't hate me because I'm getting the best apples in the bunch (laughs) and you're not going to get the primo apples.
1: I just get the one like in the bag or the container. I'm like Ugh. the same thing with potatoes. If you can get those kind that are like microwavable, here's three. I'm like, done, bye. How do you ever <laughs> eat
0: avocados if you don't squeeze it? You know you I'm allergic
1: to avocados. I'm i know so sorry i i learned this fairly oh. recently i was like man every time i eat it i feel terrible and then i stopped eating it and i don't feel
2: terrible <laughs> oh my god
1: but i love guacamole I, yeah. and, like, it's like
2: so sad it's like a whole food group like exactly all the, oh, like i can't go to sad. texas like that's that's it that's you can come here we have barbecue i hate barbecue I need to leave this podcast immediately. I am I'm sorry.
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're well, no longer welcome. To say that you hate it, Emily. I'm sure that there might be. I
1: something. have never met a barbecue that's good.
2: Okay, but like, I know we're going way off topic here but i feel like i need to understand this a little bit more uh, we might have to circle back on this later but
1: <laughs> the next partner summit i'll show up we'll try to we'll go on a, a tour de barbecue
2: okay but like w- have you had texas barbecue before have you I, i've
1: lived in texas for seven years but i was
2: also seven so not okay, count <laughs> That doesn't count. So okay, we can we can write this wrong and get you some I'll be good better. I'll here. learn. I'll grow. Yeah. We'll get you the right stuff. Like it's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll fix this. We'll fix this. <laughs> I can be fixed. We can do it. We'll find you the right thing. <laughs> Um, okay.
0: Some Halloween barbecue. All right. So so we got um
2: Yeah, we've gone totally off track here. Let's let's write this ship uh get us get us back on course. Um, there's an insane amount of stuff to cover in oh, yeah. in this report. So <laughs> I don't want this podcast to be three hours. It clearly could be. Um so I kinda want to talk about buy now pay later. Mm-hmm. So uh we found sixteen percent of People said they'd used Buy Now, Pay Later, most popular in Australia and the U.S. Um, most people also said that if they've used Buy Now, Pay Later, they prefer using it because it allows them to make purchases fit into their budget. So what is y'all's take about Buy Now, Pay Later? I know it can be a little uh, controversial.
0: It uh, well. Emily, do you want to hit it first? Do you want me to? Oh, you you, already started. I I I know Jay has
1: a very specific feeling about Buy Now, Pay Later. Ooh, yay. Yeah, you don't remember our whole podcast about it? I remember
0: it, it, but, you know, I'm trying to think. You you started out, Emily. You started out.
1: Sure. And And this is just a personal opinion of mine. I really love the idea of Buy Now, Pay Later because it's very beneficial to a lot of people. And I think there is a lot of value. And I think it adds a lot of value to businesses, Personally, I don't use it because I feel like it's a slippery slope for my personal wallet. It's the same thing about trying to not shop more than once a week is there is an option at my disposal that will genuinely make my life easier. But how, how many times am I going to start utilizing it? And what are the ramifications of me using it? And it's more of me just setting up personal boundaries for myself and not buying everything that I physically can see. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> but i i really genuinely like the fact that it exists i like that it helps people um and i i am i was really interested in the metrics i i've i liked the idea of it being in different countries because i didn't think about it from a country perspective um i'm just kind of breaking it down that way i just genuinely you guys because i'm running on a, a little tangent this is really good information i love reading data so like if you were somebody listening to this podcast and you just like to read data and just understand people as a whole there's a lot of really interesting stuff in here
0: yeah no i i, I specifically i'm drawn to because this is what we've talked about when we when we talk about so the idea of buy now pay later uh is great right i mean it's essentially lay away like it used to be in the 80s when I was coming up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> except you didn't get to take that item home right. They just held it for you I think with some buy now pay later um, options you you get it and you just pay on it as you go along. And so the 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 likelihood of completing a purchase if buy now pay later is an option. this was the this was the data that I kind of was drawn to. Um, you had three options. yes, I prefer convenience and transparency of buy now pay later. I think that we'd have to define that, right? Because I think that um, there are some places out there that aren't as transparent as by now. But we'll play later, I, I believe, uh, and so I kind of want to know. You know, great. Um, what are the most? You know, what what do you, what do we think what the most transparent are? There are some very transparent companies out there, but there are some that. Um, as we've learned in past episodes, aren't as transparent. Uh, Yes, I find it easier to make purchases fit into my budget when I use buy now, pay later. And no, buy now, pay later does not impact my willingness to purchase a product. Of course, the easiest one, anybody making $100,000 plus, uh, they they were, um, you know, they, they, they prefer the convenience transparency of it, but they were a little bit less on the, they, they were the least on the, um, yes, I find it easier to make purchases that fit into my budget when I use buy now, pay later. The less than $25,000 one by a wide margin, if you look at this, yep. 57% uh, with the next being 25000 to 55000 or $54,999 at uh, 48%. Uh, but less than 25,000, yes, I, I find it easier to make purchases fit into my budget when I use buy now, pay later. One of the things we've talked about, Shally, is how dangerous that is because I think a lot of folks will use buy now, pay later with the best of intentions. All right, if I can budget this, if I can um, budget this out and make sure that I, I stay um, on top of these payments, then I can um, afford this. And even if it's spread out across six payments, it still gives people an opportunity to purchase things that probably—and I don't even mean this—I mean this. Might, i don't sound—I mean it—sound uh, bougie at all because I will come back around and say that my favorite thing about buy now, pay later—and I've said this in previous podcasts—is the democratization of e-commerce. That it does allow folks who might not be able to buy—I just use it as an example—an Xbox Series X. At, with one, you know, with one payment of four hundred and fifty dollars, they can spread that out over time and end up, you know, being able to buy. It. That is, if you can manage your money, if you have that money, because still, it's still four hundred and fifty dollars. At some point, it's it's going to add up to four hundred and fifty dollars. So I always debate the merit of, okay, why don't you just save up four hundred and fifty dollars over the next five, six months to buy this thing to ensure you have the money because there's statistics out there, Shelly, that's showing that a lot, a, a decent percentage, I wish I had it on, on me right now, I do not, of folks that do buy now, pay later, can't afford the final payments and they get behind on the final payments and and it affects them with the final. They think they, they got the best of intentions, but then something, if you're living you know, on 25K, or less than 25K, if you're living on, you know, 55K or less, it's not, right now, there's not, that's not a lot of, you know, just, just um, extra income that one might have to cover if an emergency happens, right? And and I have to now divert this money that I had saved for my buy now, pay later, but I now have to divert to this, divert it to this emergency. Um, How, How does that affect that a consumer at a later date? I think it's the best of intentions. Again, I like the democratization of it, but at the same time, I think that especially underneath 25K, that it, it is a dangerous thing to, to say, yeah, sure, you can still buy this thing that you would have never been able to buy from us before. We're going to stretch out this payments and we're just going to trust you that nothing's going to happen that can affect us in getting this money. I mean, for the merchant, it's great because these companies are doing it. The merchant really probably doesn't care less uh, as a whole. I mean, other than just being a human be- being, could care less as a whole if the payments can't because they've already gotten paid from whatever company they're using for buy now, pay later. Um, but for the actual you know, buy now, pay later, uh, companies out there. And that's, there's companies that finance it. I mean, it's essentially a finance agreement. Um, they, you know, you have to deal with them on the backlash of, well, you didn't pay, you didn't do this and whatever, you know, hitting things, um, for, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Uh, for whatever, you know, it is that they've bought and they can't pay for that. Thing. It just, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, I have mixed feelings on it, Shelley. I have mixed feelings on it. i like I love the idea about it. I do think that it might foster some reckless consumer spending habits that that aren't good for the for the greater whole of of money management. Does that make sense I'm, of what I'm saying?
1: You just said what I said just more eloquently, <laughs> and I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's where. Um, there's both uh, advantages and disadvantages to buy now, pay later. And, you know, it's kind of like a lot of things finance, you can say similarly about credit cards, student loans, all these things. It's definitely, once you get into talking about finance, it's a it's an interesting topic with lots of opinions. Either way, but let's segue into the next topic. Really quick, um,
0: which... for merchants, I think it's good. I do think it's good. I, uh, just, just because that's who we're talking to, right? That's who we're trying to get to. For merchants that are on the big commerce platform, that eY Steers. I don't see the disadvantage of buy now, pay later. You know, obviously you need to f- you need to make sure it fits into your overall pricing strategy because of the company mm-hmm. that's that's Giving you that service that's on your site, it's going to take their cut. For merchants, I think it's good. It's for the greater good, the citizenry. Where that's why I take a step back and say, okay, we just need to make sure that there truly is transparency and a little bit of oversight on this sort of thing.
2: Mic drop. All right. Yeah,
1: right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Next topic. So um, another hot topic. Actually, I feel like this one uh, brings. Uh, lots of different opinions, uh, is personalization versus, uh, like, privacy. So consumers sharing their data for a personalized shopping experience. Is that, like, you know, we in e-commerce are like, personalization, personalization. It's so important, so important. But do consumers really feel it's worth um, giving up some of their information for personalization? And the answer is yes, but... um, (laughs) It also depends on, uh, what information. So consumers were, yes, I want a personalized shopping experience, but it depends on what information you want from me. And also, uh, depending on your brand. So, you know, like they care about what information they're sharing, who they're sharing it with. Um, but majority were willing to share, uh, 28% were not willing at all. And unsurprisingly, uh, you know, Gen Z was the most willing to share, whereas baby boomers were definitely the least willing to share. Um, and then uh, breakdown of the countries, uh, Italian consumers were the most willing to share for personalization. And as far as what people are willing to share, email, gender and name were the top three Uh the bottom was their social media address and phone number, and purchase history was right in the middle. So what are y'all's thoughts, and what's your take on personalization and sharing data and diving into that uh, minefield now?
0: Take all my data. I could care less. I mean, like, I, I honestly... not what I was expecting! If it, if it, if it, if it's it tired, makes my life a problem. <laughs> better, uh, and, and it digs, it, it takes to me... I, 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 I just, listen, I am, um, I, I guess I, I am rooted somewhat in a uh, kind of libertarian, you know, like I just kind of, if I was off the grid, I'd probably be okay as well. But at the same time, I understand I live in a society and I, I live in a time period where by having my data, I can get things the way I would like, like, Walmart probably knows or Amazon definitely or Netflix or knows more about me. Google knows more about oh. me than my wife knows about me, than I know about me, than you know, it just and, and it's just even things that we don't even realize. And so I get it. I get the benefits of data and I really don't Care because I probably just kind of grew up with it, and I, I look at like baby boomers not willing to to share their grandma. Nobody cares that pizza on Wednesday night is your favorite thing to do. Like, come on, if that's gonna if that's gonna send you an ad on Tuesday night or on Wednesday morning about pizza delivery, nobody cares. Nobody cares. You break it down. What am I willing to share? Email. Okay, great. The only thing that I hate it the the inconvenience of people picking my data and soliciting to me um without like any permission whatsoever like like i get so many campaign emails text messages i can guarantee you i have not signed up for campaign email like political campaign email or or i've never signed up for a text message i could tell you guys that right now um I haven't done that in at least 15 to 20 years, you know, that where I'm like, yeah, here's my email. Feel free to email me about some campaign literature or whatnot, but still I get so much. So to me, it's not so much, are you collecting data on me? I don't, i give you all my data. I don't care. It's, can you be responsible with the data that you're collecting on me? Are, are, are you just going to willy nilly? give it away to somebody that I did not give you permission to give my, I don't care if I know I'm shopping on Amazon and they're collecting every piece of data to make my Amazon shopping experience a little bit better. Awesome. Good, whatever. What I don't want Amazon to do is then sell my email address to 20 other different, you know, and I get that this is part of data and you know, what you have to factor in because once they have your data, they can kind of do whatever. I'm just saying as a whole, this is the duality of, uh, of the data i don't want amazon sending it to every single omni-channel offering out there for them to market to me if amazon wants to use my data and market it to me the way that i want to be marketing awesome but don't don't just share it with every single person out there without my you know permission or share it to me but they can't market because i'm not going to be able to stop them and share it but that's where the line needs to be you cannot market to these folks you know via email or whatnot if there isn't an express permission uh, to market, you know, from from said company, again, and that goes back and forth because you can check, well, we got data and we might share your data. And I know that data <laughs> selling is a lot there and there's a lot of money to be had in data selling, but that's the deeper, more complex thing. But as face value. If people would use data, what I intended them to use data for and make my life better on the things that I shop for, then I'm all for. It. Does that make sense? <laughs>
2: Emily, rebuttal yeah. or agreement? <laughs> so pseudo agreement.
1: Um, it's like it's, it's Jay and I are like on the same side of the coin, but kind of talking for different perspectives. It's so funny. I actually was watching a TikTok yesterday that was kind of talking about this, where this girl was using the strategy. So like anytime she orders from Amazon... Um, I can't remember what her name was, but like she would put as her um, name on the information was like Caitlin Amazon. If she bought from Walmart, Caitlin Walmart. So when she started getting mail from different companies that she'd never reached out to, she was actually able to read in her physical mail that, oh, Caitlin from Amazon, uh, Amazon sold all my data to blah, blah company. And that's why I'm getting all this information and they're trying to sell me on stuff. I thought that was crazy. But like, it's such an interesting idea to look at and just see who's really taking your data. And I think uh, it's funny because Jane are close in age, but different enough where we have different opinions. And I just remember like growing up, like we were told abundantly, like, don't talk to strangers online. Don't give strangers your information. Don't tell them all of these things. But gosh, as I've gotten older, I like met friends online and then just met them in person never even thinking twice like hey they could be a craigslist killer like these are just people that you've talked to and given your information and told your whole life to and it's kind of the same thought for me with companies is like yeah I'm happy to give you stuff you're probably going to benefit me in a lot of ways I do like having personalized experiences because I think having personalized experiences helps me as a consumer learn about different brands and learn about different things and have more conveniences in my life as a whole but I do think that there are, I think the yes, but is just part of maybe my generation's idea of like, hey, there are negative side effects to this, and we're just still being cautious because that's just who we are as people. We're just cautious little millennials trying to do our best. <laughs> we have three millennials in the group.
2: <laughs>
0: Uh-oh. I'm, uh like, oh. I'm, I'm, right I'm right on the cusp. I'm a millennial. Gen X. Uh huh millennial
1: he's got baby brain. boomer tendencies and i love that for him i, I also man. have baby boomer tendencies well,
0: cool, baby i just i do think that the fun not willing at all baby boomers you're not willing at all for all these guys to have your data but you certainly don't care to let everybody know what you think about on facebook with all your stupid ideas it's just like golly you share enough data to the world don't worry about company x getting your data
2: What I kind of wonder, you know, generations how like we're closer jay and i maybe to like gen x versus emily maybe you're closer to gen z or those who are closer to gen z um i was talking to my, i shared the report with my dad and he was funny he was like my generation isn't even represented here because he's older than baby boomers i think they're the silent generation um, <laughs> that's so, why they didn't participate yeah, i was like <laughs> well sorry dad um, but uh so I kind of wonder if in that spectrum cuz my dad is very much like not like the doesn't want to share data um mm-hmm. but he's also like the kind like he's not on Facebook he's not on social media he like understands computers and technology but like social media isn't like a a medium that he wants to engage in and so I kind of wonder if it's like similar where it's like the younger baby boomers um You know, maybe they're the ones who are more willing and maybe they're the ones who are uh, sharing opinions on Facebook, whereas like maybe the older baby boomers um, kind of fall more in line with that silent generation. And with the I don't want to share data, I'm not really into participating with social, maybe email, you know, those kinds of things. So
1: just a thought your dad sounds like my dad like my dad is just not a social media guy like he does not want anybody to know what's going on with him at any given point point. and i'm like hey dad how's it going he's like mm. i'm like all right good talking love you
2: <laughs> yeah he was like i don't know what facebook is i don't want that get that off my computer <laughs>
1: he's getting better but he's still he doesn't have his own profile or anything so
2: <laughs> but okay so i i think we've covered personalization i feel you know similar to y'all where i think i want my shopping experiences to be better i actually like some of the ads as well personalized ads to find mm-hmm. new brands and new companies that i've never heard of but yeah like same thing it's like please stop sharing my data so i don't get these robo calls and texts because i hate that more than anything in the world so um let's talk more about Uh, brand values and sustainability. Um, We've been talking for a long time and there's still a lot more. So I kind of want to bridge those two together, even though we kind of separated them in the report. Um, So we asked about what brand values consumers want to see, what influences like their purchasing decisions. So we found that honesty and transparency about activities and the impact they have on the planet and society, as well as providing fair employee wages and benefits, were the those were the top two. Um, I'm super interested to hear what y'all think of that, especially about the employee wages and benefits. At the same time, when we dive uh, dove into sustainability, we found the. Um, 84% of consumers say sustainability is uh, very important or somewhat important when making a purchasing decision. Um, like I said, Google shared data with us. So we looked at Google uh, search trends. And over the last five years, um, searches for sustainable brands, sustainable packaging, sustainable products have all grown. So curious what y'all's thoughts are on what brand values uh, impact y'all's purchasing decisions, and how do y'all feel about sustainability? Is it important to you? Do you think? How do you think brands should respond to that?
0: Emma, I'll let you go first.
1: Good, because I wanted to go first. <laughs> Um, I'm going to start with sustainability because I kind of mentioned this to you yesterday when we were kind of just chit-chatting is the sustainability was probably one of my favorite parts of this because it just absolutely made me laugh because I identify with it is like I want to know that businesses are being sustainable and doing things and like helping the environment like yes like let's go green but in order to do that I don't want to (laughs) participate Is like, I want to live in a society where we're doing all of these things. But like one of the things that was lowest was like pay an additional fee for sustainability tax. And that's the last on the list. But only having items delivered on specific days was at the top of the list, which I bought something on Amazon yesterday. Um, I bought a couple things um, and I really wanted to have them delivered as quickly as possible because I am that person that likes to have uh, instant gratification. But then I saw, oh, if I actually have it sent to me by like Saturday, I could get it in one box. And I was like, wow, one box. I'm really saving the environment by just switching to one little box. I'll do it. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to save us. Um, And, like, those are, like, the small gains that I'm like, yes, me as a person, I'm super happy to do this. But if you approach me on the street and you're like, hey, for $40 a month, we'll plant you a tree. And we're going to make the world a better green place. I'm like, I don't want to do that. That sounds awful. Uh (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's just kind of like a societal thing It's just like with everything going on in the world, it's like, yes, this is really important to me and it makes me happy. And I appreciate that companies want to be honest and talk about these things, but like, I'm also just tired and like, the, the, uh, the amount of effort that it's going to put to like do that is hard sometimes. And so I, I like the honesty of this report and that's like the answers of it just kind of made me laugh. And then just kind of going into um, like brand values. Like I said, like I, I like the honesty and transparency of companies, even if sometimes it does feel like it's not necessarily true. The idea of you being honest and open is nice. And I think it kind of pairs well with like providing fair wages to employees and benefits is like, We're all people trying to live our lives to the fullest, (laughs) in that grandiose term. And like knowing that you're working for a company, like a clothing company. I really love your clothes. I think they're super great. But if I know you're not treating your employees right, I don't want to work with you. Even if you're, quote unquote, being transparent and saying certain things, like... Uh, ooh, a great example would be Lush, Lush Cosmetics. Um, so during the pandemic, um, Lush was being very open and transparent about what was going on with their company because they build all of their products by hand and things were slowing down and things of that nature, blah, 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 blah. But I had a friend Um, who actually worked for Lush and she was telling me what was actually happening behind the scenes and how they weren't paying their employees or actually paying them less and having them work more and like the benefits were dwindling and this, that, and the other. And it just absolutely left a sour taste in my mouth. And like, I have not purchased from them since. And like, as much as I appreciate their like, um, no packaging and the way that they build things and the way that they're really impacting the environment, the way that they treat other humans i did not appreciate and really that's that's what led me to go to a company like dove and just buy really big bottles of cheap soap as opposed to something more sustainable because like i care about people and i know that was incredibly long-winded but that was amazing (laughs) that was amazing like
2: another mic drop moment this time from emily yeah
1: that was fantastic
2: i was riveted oh bless you (laughs) So, all right, Jay. Personally,
0: none of these things affect me. Uh, <laughs> no, it's so, uh, cool.
2: He is the boomer here. He's got yeah, boomer tendencies. I was
0: looking at the the you know indifferent. That's that's why I say it's not like wow. I'm upset that that if there's this, I'm not like oh they recycle I'm not gonna use them or anything like that. It's, it's not. I'm just I, I am indifferent to it. I, I I've never <laughs> once made a purchase. Um, based on any real, any real social cause, you know that I'm for, that I'm against, whatever. It's really never affected me um, too terribly much. That's just me. Now, again, going back, I do think that we have to read the data, right? Because it's not about Jay and Emily and what we want. We're just a, we're just one one two people in a sea of people. It is very important to Gen Z, and you know, it, again, at the end of the day, you know we want to market to Gen Z. But I think even then that's something like if you're oh no, I have a tough time. If you're doing these things because you're truly a good person and this is how you want to live your life, that's one thing versus, hey, we understand if we go if we go sustainable, then that's going to lift our conversion rates with Gen Z by twenty percent. Or that's gonna get like that's not, I mean I guess it's good because greed is might be driving the um, the the lead to other good things. But at the end of the day, that's nothing. That's fake almost. Like we're just doing this to make more money, which is cool and good and all that good stuff. Because I guess there's an ultimate good. But I sometimes I have a problem with fake. Like like I have a problem, and it's been the big thing right now with celebrities lecturing me about gas. And now it's coming. How much do they use their how much do they use their private jets? You know what I mean. I mean they're getting punked left and right on Drake being one in Canada. I think Taylor Swift was another one where you know there's these political stands that I'm being preached to, but I'm the one that has to abide by them, not you. So the same thing with a CEO of one of these companies. Okay, CEO, are you right? Are you going to fly coach on that? Great, that you're you know preaching to me about the sustainability of the product, but in the larger in your personal life. Are you gonna ride coach on your next uh, on your next plane? Heck, are you just gonna even do first class? Or are you gonna use a corporate jet on your next trip? You know, like are we practicing what we preach here? This is this all a marketing ploy? Um, and that's where I begin to scratch my head and say, mm. On the other hand, where it doesn't really where where I'm indifferent to it, I tell you, I haven't ever bought a product because of um Uh, of just kind of the out-of-box sustainability. Although I will say, Shelly, I will say, Emily, that if I'm looking at two products and I know one of them to be – like if if, if it's a net equal – I, that can be a little bump to me. So, okay, this is this is better for the environment. There's a better message. My money is going to, you know, cancer research or you know something like that. Yeah, sure. That can that can bump me in that direction when there's none of that messaging on on the other product. There, it can bump me there. But it's not the sole decision maker. Um, you know, if everything being equal, it might bump me in a way. But but I'm not searching out these products. Um, on the flip side, I have absolutely not bought a product because I felt like I was being preached to in, in, in many different areas. Um, I, there's not one thing that personally bothers me more than when corporations try to preach to me and try to act holier mm-hmm. than thou and try to act that they, they know better than I do. And again, it's because on the back end, you can't tell me that the CEO Um, is actually practicing what they're preaching and, and and maybe some of them do, but there's that they're spending, you know, Thanksgiving's at at the soup kitchen that they're, that they're helping big brother, they're actively, instead of just giving a paycheck, which is one way of doing it, but they're actively out there working in their community with big brothers, big sisters of America. You know, these are all things that are great organizations and, 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 and I, I can say it personally for Big Brother. I was a Big Brother for a while, and it's, I know it's a great organization. It's awesome. It's really good, uh, you know. But are you giving up your? Are you telling your other folks that they need to that they need to preach it? But you're not living that. That that's the stuff that you have to watch out for when you when you take a social stance. In my opinion whether it's politics whatever it is and i know that politics i think was like the sixth thing in your list yeah i was gonna
2: say you uh kind of jumped right into the the thing that people want the least from Mm -hmm. brands is to take a bold stance on Mm -hmm. political issues so honesty transparency paying employee sustainability but not taking this like bold stance on issues or being, you know, preachy, those kinds of things is not what they want from brands. Mm-hmm. I will say when it comes to sustainability, I think it's kind of corporate social responsibility and we at BigCommerce have a lot of really amazing brands that are doing Things for sustainability, like Lark, for example, they mm-hmm. do a lot. Um, I learned I worked in a project with Skull Candy, and they actually have a whole program dedicated to recycling electronics because oh. um, you can't really recycle electronics the same way you do a lot of other things. So um, you can recycle electronics, and then they give you like a credit. Um, Solo Stove, which we've done a ton of stuff with recently, has their whole Create Good program. Um, you know about helping the environment um so i think it's not so much doing like you said sustainability like oh you're gonna buy more but i think it's like highlighting these great things that you as a brand are doing Uh to really resonate with that audience so if you're doing it authentically then that comes through and that's a great way to make yourself stand out
0: sure that's the authenticity is the key there again i i think that it definitely i love you know uh who does it? I mean, I am a conservationist. That just at a court with I grew up in the woods and on the river, and I get upset when I hear, you know, just just when people just don't care, you know, about the environment. We only have one Earth. I think everybody should be a conservationist. So I love things like that, uh, but I think that's again. Right, I mean, it's just what we should be doing. It shouldn't be like a uh, pat yourself on the back because you're doing. This is what you should be doing. You have a responsibility as you know an upper echelon brand or what to do this sort of thing, and you should just do it anyways. And so, as, as a as a. Um, full, Philosophy. I love that brand's do it. Just personally, I don't know that I've ever just seeked out a brand for doing it before. But it will nudge me over to one brand if I'm if I'm measuring between the two and, and somebody's a little bit more upfront with it. You know what I mean? And that's the transparency part of it, right?
2: Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like now it's time to <laughs> move on to the the trendy topics, the trends that are gonna Ooh. transform the future of commerce. Um Obviously, we know we're talking about web three and the metaverse and NFTs and crypto. So mm-hmm. I know you guys have been talking a lot about these things um, already on the podcast. So um, I think this is exciting. And one of the things we really wanted to look at um, was understanding like data around these things because they're so new. So there really wasn't out there in the world a lot of data about how consumers actually feel about these things. So personally, that was one of the, the more exciting things to me. Um, so as we know the metaverse, um, Google trends, data, um, search data says, you know, it got like super popular at like the end of last year. Um, people are like, what is the metaverse? Um, (laughs) so, uh, we asked consumers like their level of understanding of the metaverse. So we didn't give them any prompts. We just like straight up asked the question. Um, So we wanted to know, you know, how well did they understand it? So it's not like written here, but like when we said strong understanding, it was something like, you know it enough to explain it to someone else. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like the definition of strong understanding. And 26% of people said they had a strong understanding of the metaverse. That was really surprising to me. Mm -hmm. I I was not expecting that. So then, then we gave them a prompt to be like, here's what the metaverse is. Um, I think it was, like, a little short three-minute video along with, like, a definition. So then we asked, okay, now that you have a better understanding of the metaverse, are you willing to shop on the metaverse? Um, and we gave them the options of, I have shopped, I'm willing to shop, I'm not willing to shop. Two percent said they had shopped. I know that's, like, a super small number. I think it's, like, 84 people. Blew my mind. Wow. Um <laughs> And then 46% said they would be willing to shop on the metaverse. Um, And so then we asked, you know, what types of goods would you want to buy? Just virtual, just physical, or virtual and physical? 51% said virtual and physical. So um, now that I've kind of run through the data, what is y'all's take on the metaverse? What do you think of people's understanding and their willingness to shop? Um, What impact is the metaverse going to have on e-commerce, you know, next year and in the next five years? Yeah.
0: So, I I don't, again, this is one of those things where I don't know that I would dive into it, but I can absolutely see my kids diving into a metaverse. I think that there's been some PR blunders recently, most notably with, um with uh, what's the name, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, um, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. I mean, there's been some real metaverse blunders, and I think that you can even see that um, as it begins to tell off in, in March of, of uh, 2022, uh, the interest. And I think a lot of that's kind of fueled by, by Facebook. I think it's going to depend on really who's bringing this out, right? Right now, the metaverse is being championed by Facebook. And I think a lot of people, if you say, well, what's the metaverse? That's what they would first look. A lot of people don't trust Facebook, right? They don't trust them with their data they don't trust them with you know just how the world has turned out a little bit since since facebook has been there and so i think if you have facebook champion the metaverse will it eventually get there maybe of course then you have kids that look at facebook and say man that's for old timers right um maybe it will get there but it's going to be difficult but then on the flip side another another part of the metaverse is and you mentioned it in here like fort Fortnite is is a very good example mm-hmm of of shopping in a metaverse. And Fortnite, I mean, whether well, I mean there's 45, 50, 60, 70-year-old men that and women that are playing Fortnite. They don't even realize that they're taking part of the metaverse, right? And they but they are because that every time you buy something, every time you get a new skin, every time you 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 experience an event within a, a Fortnite environment or uh you know uh apex or any of these video game environments where you are actually participating in a branch of the metaverse there and they don't even realize it uh that they're doing it um should i tell her about my main street usa uh thing emily
1: yes yes absolutely (laughs) obviously you've already brought it up it's too late for you
0: oh i think that A million dollar idea, Shelley. I think that we ought to have a Main Street USA, and these you can that, that that boutiques that it should be an app that you can do on you know. VR, or at some point everybody's going to own a VR you know, headset or something as you go for And it's a Main Street USA, and it's a boutique shop and you can have different cities and everything like that, and you get together these conglomerates and these little boutiques, you can walk through Main Street USA and, and at these boutiques you can look at the, the jewelry that they're selling and you can look at the uh, the fashion or the you know widgets or whatever, these cool little, you know, every, we all have them in our towns. It's just little Outlier, you know, mom and pop shops that do pretty good, but at the, you know, at their whole, they're not some big conglomeration of a company that sell interested items and, and something like that, I think would be cool for, cause we're talking about e-commerce here for e-commerce merchants, like a, like a Pinterest or not Pinterest, I'm sorry, like an Etsy, sponsored by Etsy or whatnot, but like a main street where you're actually walking down, you're walking into like an old timey building and and they're selling their wares in there. And I just think it's, that's a cool little thing to where when you're talking about buying physical, I don't know that you'd want to do it virtual, but the cool thing about the metaverse is, is that technologies get into a place where you can try things on, where you can see kind of what it would look like on a supposed avatar. Get in the place where you can put your height, your weight, all the the pertinent information and the algorithms will give you a pretty good representation of how this shirt might look on you, how it might fit, you know, all the stuff. And you can do this within this environment of a mainstream-like, community-esque environment that that might be something that the metaverse is cool for. So uh, to kind of summarize everything, I, I think we're a little soon. I think we're... The metaverse to me is one of those things that have tried to been jumpstart, started probably about three or four years too soon. Um, but over time, I think it's going to be something that is important. I don't know that I'm ever going to get it, but absolutely I could see my children get it. Um, and, and, you know, maybe even a younger gen a younger generation that's between myself and my children, um, you know, run into it. It's going to be something. And I think it, it, it is an absolute area of e-commerce that merchants need to at least keep one eye on.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page in a lot of sense. I, I, I think there's a, a fantasized version of the metaverse that people really want to have. I don't think the current metaverse is there yet. I always kind of think about like, almost like, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Free Guy, but like this idea <laughs> of being in like a virtual world and like it's such a built community and there's a lot of people there. Ryan Reynolds is there. He's very handsome. Um, And I just, I think that there's a goal that we all want to hit that's kind of been um, dramatized through different media. And I think we're all just kind of waiting for that because like in the current reality, it's just not something that I feel comfortable participating in at this particular moment. But like Jay said, it's something that I'm keeping my eye out for and I'm kind of looking to the horizon to see that better version because I feel like if they do it, the cool Dramatized way, I'm all in. I, I think it would be super fun, um, but I, I just think that there needs to be more time to cultivate it and really make it what it can be.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I had uh, posited in my in the report was basically, yeah, um, that people had a strong understanding of the metaverse because they can relate it back to media. Mm -hmm. So like you said, uh, free guy ready player one Tron even like, you know, I feel like we've been virtual reality lawnmower, man, if you want to (laughs) get into, into that sort of stuff. But it's like, we've kind of had this idea. I think one of the things when I was kind of researching the metaverse was, you know, we have different virtual realities, but like the metaverse ideal state is that it's all one so that would mean it would need to be kind of like company agnostic so you know like you said there's one in Fortnite, there's one for facebook so these are like different things but like as a consumer if you want to shop you want to buy something for your avatar and you want your avatar to travel in be able to travel in between the metaverses. Mm-hmm. And so right now that's kind of like what's limiting it is that it's like, Oh, it's the the Fortnite one, the Facebook one, and you can't then take what you've bought, um, throughout, you know, so companies would have to be in different ones or pick which one. So I think once it's a more agnostic playing field, that's when we could have like a true metaverse in this ideal state that, um, You know, we're talking about here, which might not happen uh, anytime too soon. But like, you never know, like technology, someone might might hit that thing. And then companies that are kind of paying attention to the trends and what's happening can really take advantage of them.
0: And that's what I think that's what old Zuck's idea is, what you're saying show. But man, have you ever seen a more bungled marketing campaign (laughs) than what they have done with Metaverse? I, I, I like it astounds me how bad this has been it's uh yeah
2: it's it's definitely not one of their finest moments.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I love him. He's my favorite lizard person. <laughs>
2: I mean, I appreciate his um, dedication to sunscreen because I also feel that <laughs> sunscreen is very important and I wear it every day um, because I don't want to get skin cancer.
0: Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's if you're in the metaverse, you never have to go outside, therefore uh, really? rendering the sun useless and, and your protection from sun useless going forward.
2: Um. Okay. Ability. <laughs> so... We've talked about the metaverse. So I feel like the next logical step is, uh, NFTs. So non fungible tokens. Um, So, while people had a good understanding of the metaverse, um, NFTs was not quite the same. Um, (laughs) Only 9% had a strong understanding. Uh, 23% had a mild. uh, But the majority had a weak understanding or less of, like, no understanding. Or it's like, I've heard of it, but I can't... I don't know anything else besides that. (laughs) Other people were like, I don't even know what this is. What are you talking about? I've never even heard this before. So... um, I thought that was a, like a little bit interesting just because, you know, NFTs have been in the news um, a little more like bored ape. But at the same time, I also like have a very difficult time understanding it and like explaining it. So um, what do you guys think about NFTs? Where do y'all stand on? Steady, on those?
0: Emily. Steady. steady.
1: I'm just sitting here i feel like it's about to get good open and honest i don't understand nfts i don't like i've I've had it explained to me several times (laughs) and i just i don't get it and i i want to it's like this is where my baby boomer comes out i'm like i don't get these newfangled new things these kids are coming out with like i just i don't understand and like maybe it just needs to be explained to me even more simply but like, what does fungible even mean? Who made up the word fungible? Like, who was that? Was that suck? Mm-hmm. I just want to talk suck. <laughs> hey,
0: I, I don't. we I think they're, I'm trying, I'm trying not to be the hard. I think that they're a Ponzi scheme. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I know it's that that's tough. That's, I just, and I think, and you might have seen this as you were doing this report, but I mean, there's been some serious backlash to NFTs recently where, where companies are being, where companies were video games. I know NFTs were going to be big in video games, right? Like you could buy an NFT, a skin that only you had access to said skin. And it was your, it was literally yours. So like every other player couldn't go by. I mean, there's been some pretty bad backlash. I think there was going to be something for Assassin's Creed. I believe that that had NFTs, um, I know Doom was one, or Doom or Wolf. was not one of those two. Was going to do something, like that. but but there's been a backlash, I think, because NFTs right now is a rich is a is a rich person's game. I mean, honestly, it's it's the rich kind of selling assets because NFTs. The only value that an NFT has is what somebody is willing to pay for it. There's no real value, and I guess you could look at houses and. Everything. Well, at some point, that's the core of it, but more so with NFTs, no real value in an NFT unless it's just something that you want. Something like, like you know, if I buy a, a Jack Sparrow NFT skin for mm-hmm. Fortnite and I really love Jack Sparrow, well, I might be willing to pay... 60 or six hundred dollars for that thing but i'm pretty much out six hundred because nobody else is going to pay six hundred dollars for that jack sparrow nft and and it's just there's no value to it there's no resale value to it it's all built upon an idea and ideas can come crashing down very very quickly i I just i think that and i'm all about free market and I, i think that this is just a kind of a a A corporate pool of how else can we get money that really doesn't um you know that really doesn't help us or it really doesn't help anybody this is just a money making scheme uh based on some philosophical principle that nobody can even understand and I think that, that people are just trying to create a groundswell of fomo right fear of missing out well what you know with every well what if this does become a big thing and I didn't invest in it and I just missed this trend and I think that. These the people who are pushing these, that's what they're working on. They're preying on individuals that have that FOMO. And um, it's just not a good thing. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't believe in invest it's not an investment. Um, some will say it is, but I don't believe in investing in anything that I don't understand, you know, at least a little bit. And so all in all I'm not a fan of NFTs and maybe one day they'll become a thing, but I don't even see it being like metaverse where, where, where one day it becomes, I think as a whole, it's already showing people rebelling pretty hard against NFTs.
2: Yeah. I feel like NFTs are definitely something that if, you know, I know, uh, uh, another platform, um, not big commerce kind of came out and was like oh sell nfts here and i know a lot of brands were probably like oh we want to we don't want to miss out we've got to get on the nft train and i think um, i mean i put this in the report but that nfts are are new it's prone to volatility um you know, there's significant downturns. So I think merchants, really, the key is to be cautious and really understand the market. What do you expect to get out of NFTs? Like, what is your real goal? Are you doing this because you're afraid of missing out on this cool trend? Or is this something that, like, your consumers want? Like, do your actual target consumers really want NFTs from you? If so, then, like, pursue it. Uh, But, like, with your eyes open and a close eye on the market.
0: Yeah, be very careful as a as a brand, if you're listening to this, entering into the world of NFTs. I don't I think I think that there's more risk to to alienate your customer base than there is in um in, in profit to be gained there.
2: Alright, moving on to the final topic, Ooh. uh, which is cryptocurrency, um, kind of another one. So, you know, uh, the metaverse, uh, cryptocurrency, they kind of, again, go hand in hand. So cryptocurrency has actually been around like a bit longer than the metaverse and NFTs, although, um, you can see from google search trends that it really spiked over the last couple of years but i remember back in like 2012 2013 i had a coworker talking about cryptocurrency and if only i had listened to him <laughs> and taken that seriously oh my oh my life could potentially be different but um <laughs> did not and so now i'm like crypto uh is anybody using this how are Are people wanting to purchase, make purchases with crypto? So um, only 5% of people, which I think was like a 100, yeah, 194 out of, you know, 4,222 had used crypto. Um, But of those, you know, 194 um, who'd used crypto, uh, 66% said they wanted to use it for um, online purchases. Uh, So... Then we kind of wanted to understand, well, why aren't more people paying with crypto? What are kind of some of the, the blockers? Um, the biggest one, of course, was I don't understand crypto and would never use it, which again, makes, makes a lot of sense. Like I don't really understand crypto either, even though it's been around a lot longer. I feel like I get it maybe a little more than NFTs, but definitely not as much as the metaverse. Um, the other one that I thought was really interesting was, uh, the second most selected response that was like a select all was the online retailers I shop through do not offer cryptocurrency as a payment method. So I thought that was a little bit interesting that, you know, perhaps if more merchants offered it, more consumers would pay. Um, not saying like enable crypto immediately on your store, just (laughs) again, know your, know your target consumer. But the fact that that was a blocker, um, And then the other one was people viewing crypto more as an investment strategy than a payment method. Um, So I guess what is what is y'all's take on crypto? Do you think merchants should start enabling it as a payment method? Um, Do you think it's here to stay? Again, is there too much volatility? Uh, What do y'all think? I
0: think. Sure, I mean, why not, I guess, if that's your your base. But I, I don't understand how you could run a business on it because, again, um, you want a surefire way to to have a cryptocurrency come down, have Jay Brimberry go out and purchase it. I've, I've dabbled <laughs> uh, into crypto um, one or two times and pretty much every time, now I've never spent, like some people spend a lot, every time though I've spent any amount of money, I mean, that, that, that uh, coin just tumbles. And I'm just talking about just tumbles. And so, you know, as a business, and if I know that something costs $15 in US, you know, currency, and, you know, I, I'm doing. $10 in Ethereum or whatever. I mean, I don't even think that's the correct co- conversion, but you know, whatever it might be, Ethereum, I guess is what it's called. And I'm accepting that, but now Ethereum that I just purchased for $10, I just got for this good that was $10 when I got it is now worth $8 because it took a tumble in the market that day. Then I'm out. Now, they could say, well, yeah, the dollar rises and falls, you know, and, and it does, right? I think we just got, it just came out that for the first time in 15 years, the euro and the American dollar are kind of on the same um, playing field now. And so currency definitely fluctuates, but not like crypto. I mean, I'll watch it, right? I have Coinbase, and there's not a day that goes by that. I don't get an alert. Bitcoin's up by 7%. Bitcoin down by 15%. Bitcoin, like, like it's just a daily... I don't understand how anybody could actually have, you know, could run a business based unless there's just something that the second you pay for it in crypto, it converts it to American dollars or some conversion there. And then American dollars are the things that are being, and you're just offering crypto as an option for folks. I don't see how anybody could run a business and could keep correct books based off of crypto. And even then. There's now hundreds of cryptocurrencies, and so you'd have to decide, well, which ones am I going to take? Which ones do I not want to take? And There's just, if you're going to do that, there's a lot of thinking that has to go in uh, to crypto, and, and how is that going to affect your business? I'm not as opposed to crypto as I am to NFTs. I'm not opposed to crypto at all. I do think that there's some interesting, um, you know, science and data and kind of the globalization of a currency that you could really, if you really wanted to go d- deep into crypto that you could, uh, that you could. So I do think that there's some more facts that back up crypto and actual things and actual, I mean, real, real numbers that can back up crypto and not NFTs. But at the end of that, I do think it would be too vol- volatile for me to, to, uh, jump into it really quick. Last thing, I love in your report and since we're at the end here I'm going to mention it now how it seems to me like Italians just don't care. They're just like I'm open for <laughs> it, ever. Every little at the end of every one of these things it's like Italian consumers have the strongest understanding of, of, of cryptocurrency. Italian consumers uh, are, are, are most okay with in, uh, Italian consumers are more interested in <laughs> virtual goods while French consumers prefer like Italian consumers don't care they're like whatever just bring me everything I'm good for it I'm Roman hear me ro- roar it's 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 crazy over there
2: Yeah, it's it was interesting how different, um, you know, Italy and France were from Mm -hmm. um, America, the UK and Australia. They had we had like a lot of similarities, America, UK and Australia and then Italy and France, which, um, you know, we have uh, teams in London and France and um, they definitely uh, said that that was going to happen. They were like, yeah, um, Italy, France, France. I can't remember what the other another country I think it was like Spain maybe are very similar but very different from the rest of like the country so it was kind of interesting seeing those those differences and similarities how similar we are to Australia sometimes uh, which is you know a world away almost Mm -hmm. but very different from like French and Italian consumers so I think that was one of the Points of what we wanted to do was bring a global perspective to say, you know, at a lot of times we say, well, something is this way in the U.S., so we ascribe that to everyone. Um, so we really wanted to to look at that. But yeah, Italians cared the most about sustainability as well. Um, they they definitely uh, buck the trends of the U.S. But,
0: but what <laughs> I would say, and just my last part on crypto, and then Emily, I'll let you close it out. There is that. I don't know that you could care about being a sustainable company and accept cryptocurrency. My understanding of cryptocurrency is it's about the least sustainable thing um, that one can just the amount of electricity uh, that is used to produce one Bitcoin or one just cryptocurrency. From what I hear, my understand maybe it's changed. Um, is, is off the chart. That's one of the downfalls of crypto It's just how much energy it consumes uh, because you have to run a server and you have to encode this. It's a, a lot of energy. So I do think that, and that's something that I would look out for. Okay, you can't tell me that you care this much about sustainability in the earth and then be a proponent right now of, of and, and being a pusher of cryptocurrency because those two at this very moment, in my understanding of it, those two don't mesh very well.
1: I love that I get to close this out because the number one thing is I just don't understand cryptocurrency and I and I it's 100% down to my ignorance because I mean honestly I don't even understand stocks like I just I don't I don't get it I like I understand like same thing with NFTs people have tried people have put the effort in to try to educate me and I'm just like empty head no thoughts I don't understand and like Like, the idea that cryptocurrency takes a lot of energy just kind of, like, melts my brain. Like, I don't understand. I just.
2: (laughs) Same. Same. That's where, yeah, I'm too thrown off. Like, okay, currency, I can kind of understand that. And then as soon as you're talking about mining it, I'm like, but there's not, like, gold at the end. Like, I'm not physically holding gold. What are you mining? And I'm lost
1: if you connected to something like the metaverse or some sort of like video game mentality, I understand that like you're putting effort in and you get money out of it. And you spend that money on goods and services. Cause that's how things work. But like my brain cannot wrap my head around this. And like, I think this um, like NFTs, if they're going to go the distance, I just think there needs to be a lot more education put in because there seems to be, and maybe it's just the kind of people that are into this right now is like, there's like an arrogance factor to it of like, oh, you don't understand cryptocurrency? And I'm like, no. but I'm, why, That's why I'm asking you. I don't understand. Please, explain it to me. But slowly. <laughs> and repetitively. Exactly. Again and, and again. <laughs> but once you beat it into my skull, maybe if Ryan Reynolds does a movie about cryptocurrency, maybe I'll finally understand. Because it'll just all connect the dots.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us might understand then. <laughs>
1: but that that's it i i think that there could be longevity i just think there needs to be a lot more education and understanding to get us as a unit society to to that place
2: agreed especially in the united states where we were the like least willing to um we were like i think that we were the least knowledgeable about crypto um (laughs) that last chart was kind of a beast to create um but yeah, we were the ones who were like, mm, I don't understand crypto. I would never use it um, more than <laughs> some of the others. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's like the whole report. Like, uh, I mean, I know it. we dove into a lot of things and it took a really long time. Um, I appreciate y'all hanging in there with me and talking about all this stuff. I have had an absolute blast. This has been so much fun.
0: Yeah, no, thank oh. you so much for coming in. And then again, listeners, uh, we have hit a lot of topics today but a lot of great topics take a moment download the report i think that you're gonna uh, learn about a lot of things merchants you need to know this again we talk about this if you it's tough guys we get it we understand you're running a business it's hard 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 to think about trends and where where this you know where where e-commerce is going and where where where's the next place that we need to turn is I can I can empathize with you guys so much because I just I know it's so, because we have to be on top of it here at EY Studio because if we don't jump into some of these things if we don't have an understanding about these things well our competitors will and they're the ones that will get that business and I get it that's 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 consumerism that's you know getting out there and learning your craft but guys you always need to take some time about learning about trends. You're not going to be able to depend on, but you probably aren't depending upon baby boomers right now for the majority of your business. You know, you probably trickled on down to Gen X, uh, now millennials. Gen Z is going to be your main purchasers here before too much longer if they're not already there. And you need to, whether you believe in it or not. I think that's the big thing. And that's what I want to tell everybody. Me and Emily can be curmudgeons all day long. We can say, we don't understand this, we wouldn't actively participate in this. But really, honestly, most of the time you need to take what you believe in and do the exact opposite, because most people are, are opposite of myself. I mean, and I need to understand that. Don't be so prideful. Don't be so, so haughty about what you think that you're on the cutting edge of trends or knowing what's going on in an industry that what you like, everybody else is going to like. It doesn't matter what you like for your business. It doesn't matter what you think is going to take off and what it matters, what's actually happening out there in the real world. And so we need to be cognizant of of trends that are happening within the e-commerce industry. If you're going to be a successful business and you, you take these trends and you need to come, you need to you need to create plans internally with your partners, however it might need to be. You need to create plans that work towards these trends. So, Shea, I do thank you for uh, putting this together. This is a great report, and uh, all of our listeners, anybody that sees this report, needs to take a little bit of time. And It is beautiful. I mean, it's not a boring report, right? Sometimes you can read, read reports and you're go, like, oh my gosh, it's just you've done great with the graphics. You've done great with the data. You've made it easy. You've made it. It's not a hard read. It is an easy read. Um, with some numbers and some things to think about there, you can always make it a little bit harder because you can apply it to your life and that's when it becomes hard. But all in all, you, you've written a, uh, report here that, um, anybody, again, somebody that's just starting the e-commerce business to somebody that's a grizzled vet and that they should be able to consume it and they should be able to pull out some actionable items that might help their business or somebody else's business. So thank you for doing that, Shelly.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much for the, the words of praise. Um, shout out to the designer I worked with on our team, Adonis. He did an amazing job. He, he was the creative vision behind, um, a lot of the charts and making them so pretty. Everything he did with the layout, like he, he really crushed it. And I was, I was super happy and super proud because I was like, this is a lot of data. It's going to be a lot of charts, <laughs> a lot of numbers. Um, I really hope we can make this easy to consume and understand. And mm-hmm. um, shout out to him for doing such an amazing job,
0: and also a very awesome name. That's a cool. name. Yes,
1: Adonis. that's such a cool name.
0: <laughs> uh, I have a cousin named uh, Achilles, in- and little cousin, and I love that name. I like I like names that kind of uh, you don't hear those every day, and so um, awesome name, Adonis. Congratulations! <laughs> All right, Emily, rate the show: best show ever or so-so show?
1: Best show. Ever.
0: There we go. There we go. Ten out of ten on the Richter scale. So, uh, very good job, crew. Thank you for sticking with us today. We know that this was a little bit a longer episode, but we wanted to go through this um, through this report. We wanted to give you some tidbits of information, what we thought about. We'd love to hear what you think about for the report. Uh, please leave some comments, like, share, tell everybody about the podcast. Let them know if they're thinking about e-commerce, if they're already in e-commerce. Let them know about the podcast. Let them know about this report so that they can uh, get. The help, unless you're you're hoarding it all for yourself because you don't want to help anybody else. That's up to you. I can't affect those decisions. But please like, follow, share. Uh, You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms: Google, Apple, Amazon, all the major podcasting platforms. You can find us on. Emily, we're gonna do this again next week, I believe. Not with Shelly. Shelly, you're more than welcome to come on. But we, uh, but uh, you are
2: welcome anytime, Shelly. I had a blast. I don't know. I mean, I might have to like join y'all's podcast. Because I had so much fun as well. Like, we'll make this more of a recurring thing. I'm Ooh. happy to be a guest anytime y'all are like, we need a guest. Just reach out to me. I'll be there like instantly, headphones on, mic ready. Like, let's go.
0: The Big <laughs> Commerce is ready to sponsor Melissa, Ooh. and we can do this thing. Uh, <laughs> guys, thank y'all so much for uh, joining us on this journey this week, and we shall see you next week.